You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, a huge thank you to AJ and Sarah, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. What an incredible job they have done for us over the last several weeks, ushering the presence of God into our living rooms. And maybe we can show our appreciation around the city. Maybe they'll feel the love as we give our thanks to them. And uh, we're so grateful, grateful for team doing an amazing job in this season. And uh, our love to all of you as we come to today's message. If you'd like a title today, the title is this, The Story Within the Story. The Story Within the Story. This uh, last couple of weeks, we've been in the book of Acts and our devotionals. If you've not yet got on board, we invite you to come and join from today or tomorrow. It's not too late. In the last week, we've been in chapters 8 through to 15. And uh, today, I'd like to track us back to chapter 8, the story opens up with Stephen having been martyred and stoned to death. It's a, it's a really significant moment in the life of the early church. And I'd like to read from the opening of Acts chapter 8, the first eight verses, and then uh, jumping ahead through towards the end of the chapter. Uh, this is what the Bible says. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And the chapter goes on to unpack a bit about that revival, people being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 26, it says this, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting on his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before its shearers is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. He and Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but 
he went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of the Lord. Any children that are trying to draw a picture from this story, maybe you could have a go at Philip uh, baptizing this Ethiopian man or maybe them sitting on the chariot together and reading the Bible. But I'd like us to notice, church, how the chapter begins. The chapter begins with pain, with persecution, with mourning, with uncertainty, with men and women being thrown into prison. And the Bible tells us clearly that Saul began to destroy the church. It's a story that follows the stoning of Stephen and make no mistake, for a period of time, this was the picture. This was the narrative. This was the story that they were all living in and living through and living out. But of course, Saul didn't destroy the church. In fact, in trying to destroy the church, he unwittingly catapulted the church into exponential growth. I don't know if you remember Jesus saying to the disciples, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But at the end of chapter seven, when Stephen is stoned, the church hasn't made it out of Jerusalem. And here in the midst of this pain, this story they were living in, there's another story being written. The Judea, the Samaria, the ends of the earth. God is at work. It's a little bit like the painter on YouTube you may have seen who, who with his huge canvas puts these bold strokes and big colours and, and splatters some paint. It just seems like this abstract picture of different strokes and colours and then he grabs the canvas and flips it around 180 degrees and suddenly you see it's a portrait of Christ. Incredibly clever, but there's a picture that we see and and it's still there. Everything we saw is still there. But what we didn't see is there's another picture that begins to unfold. We can find ourselves in a set of circumstances, the the present story at any given time, if you like. And later we see that God was working on another story at the same time. As one preacher once put it, God is doing more behind our back than in front of our faces. One of those persecuted followers is Philip and he makes his way in persecution out from Jerusalem, his home, and he goes through Judea and into Samaria and he starts there to proclaim about Jesus and people come to to faith in Christ and, and they're saved and those that are oppressed are set free and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and there's a revival on his hands. And he's known as Philip the Evangelist, but I want us just to catch this that He wasn't always known as Philip the Evangelist. In fact, in chapter six, he was Philip from Food Bank. He was Philip who was working in the distribution of food for those who had need. But as he went, God began to write a different story with his life. I'd like us to notice three things about the story within the story. Number one, out of pain comes purpose. Out of pain comes purpose. I'm not belittling the pain for a moment. It's incredibly real. Chapter 8 opens with godly men mourning deeply for Stephen. Quite likely, Philip was one of those godly men. They'd served Stephen and Philip side by side in the equivalent of food bank in those days. And now he's driven from his home to a place maybe he didn't want to go, certainly not known to him. We're aware in our church family, there are those in this season who have suffered the loss of loved ones. The Bible says there's a time to mourn and it says we should mourn with those who mourn. The pain can be incredibly real for many. We're under pressure and and challenge in a whole variety of ways. 
But so often God, in the midst of real pain, is also birthing purpose. He changes us in pain. He transforms us in seasons of pain. He causes purpose to emerge. He repositions us in pain. So often we look back in seasons of pain and we would not have chosen that pain. And yet we wouldn't be without what has been forged in the process and what we have on the other side. For Philip, he he has a revival on his hands and a new story begins to emerge. In Coventry, we'll be familiar with the story of the old cathedral being bombed out in November 1940 and, and Provost R.T. Howard writing over the altar, Father, forgive. And in that desperate morning, morning of devastation and pain, I don't think Provost Howard could have possibly envisaged a, a ministry of peace and reconciliation on a global scale for 80 years and counting. And I wonder if on that day, if he'd have been offered that global ministry to come out from the cathedral or to hold on to his building if he wouldn't even have been willing to sacrifice the building. But often at the time in the first story, we can't see the second story. And I want to say to you, if you're in pain right now, it's real, it's acute. And we stand with you and we pray with you. But never lose hope and sight that God is writing another story in the midst of it because it's how he works. He brings good out of every situation. Secondly, I'd like us to notice that out of prompting comes providence. Out of prompting comes providence. Providence refers to divine care and control of God. It speaks of his intervention. God delights to be providential in people's lives. Those those moments where his fingerprints show up on somebody's world and somebody's story. Something that he does and it's that indication that he's with us, truly with us and understands and knows. For Philip, he's begun to preach. He's in the middle of this revival. And then he gets this prompt. Well, the Bible says an angel speaks to him and the Holy Spirit uh, tells him further uh, some specific detail. It's a pretty clear prompt. But you know, if you're in the middle of revival, if you've come out of pain and persecution and then God breaks out, people are getting saved and, and, and the sick are being healed, wouldn't you just want to put on another meeting or something? Not go down to the desert road. What's happening in the desert road? But there's a prompt and he follows the prompt and he finds a situation there in front of him, this African man traveling on his way back from Jerusalem to Gaza and Philip happens to be there right alongside the chariot when he's reading the Bible out loud and not just any chapter but he's reading out loud Isaiah 53 the very chapter that Jesus in Luke 22 has said refers to him and is fulfilled in him and he calls out to this Ethiopian and and they start to talk together and Philip unpacks the gospel this senior official of the queen mother in Ethiopia. That is providence. Never underestimate the power of a God prod, the the power of the prompt when we respond to it. At the moment, we are in this story of lockdown, of coronavirus that we will look back on in decades to come and people will remember. It's incredibly significant. But I want to remind us that there are other stories to be written in the midst of this. And so often the responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit pave the way for God's providence. Whether it's that person that, that you know you need to call and you didn't know, but right then they were feeling isolated. Maybe that 
financial gift that is just on your heart to to make towards somebody and you don't realize they're praying right now, God, would you help me? How am I gonna be able to pay my bills? Maybe that prophetic word and you don't know if it's right, but you can't shake it off. But as you bring it to someone, it's the word of the Lord to them and what they needed. Maybe that person, that colleague, that friend, that person on the other side of the world that you can send a link to and invite them to to a service like this online. What am I saying? I'm saying let's not be so fixated in the story in front of us right now that we miss out that the author of life has got his pen at the ready to write some other stories. This is what happens with Philip. Out of the pain comes purpose. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. But also out of promptings come providence. And thirdly, that leads me to out of proclamation come possibilities. Out of proclamation come possibilities. Philip doesn't just respond to the prompt to go to the desert road. He he doesn't just walk near to the chariot and listen. He pipes up and he begins to share Jesus. I mean, what an opportunity. If you were there this week and somebody's reading out loud Isaiah 53, would you not jump in? And, And sometimes it's not quite that easy to proclaim Christ. But in different ways, we can make room for Jesus to come in to people's world. And here's the possibility that the gospel goes to Africa, Judea, Samaria. And is it possible to the very ends of the earth as a significant African man goes on his way rejoicing, having been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit? God writes a story within the story. Church, we are in a time like no other I have been in. And my perception is that people all around us are in need of the love of God and more open to the love of God than maybe we've experienced before. People all around us who need the presence of God and the peace of God. People all around us who are asking questions about what really matters in life, asking questions about their own mortality and what happens when they die. And we have been entrusted with the great message of hope in Christ. Now is a time to proclaim, it's a time to be bold, it's a time to share. Maybe we can open the door for the presence of God through kindness, through prayer, through the sharing of a link, through the telling of our story. Recently, we came aware of an incredible story from our church family. Many of you will know Dave and Michelle Pollard and their wonderful girls. Dave and Michelle lead one of our life groups, they're involved with our worship team. And about four weeks ago, Michelle got in touch with some of us to pray because her dad was rushed to hospital, was was seriously ill, was on a ventilator, and and many of us were praying for him. And about 10 days ago from now, one of their daughters, Bethany, had a dream. And in the dream, her grandpa, Michelle's dad, was playing in a garden and Jesus was there and another family member who was already in heaven was there. and, And Bethany shared the dream with Michelle and Michelle said, I knew at that moment that dad was gonna go home. And later that day, her father went to be with the Lord. But this is what she wrote. She said, me and my mum and sister, we said our final goodbyes to dad over the phone. And I prayed for him there and then that God would fill the room with his glory and peace. And I prayed not only for dad, but for the nursing staff and doctors around him too. And I thank God for them and for God to protect them and that they would feel God in the atmosphere. And once I finished praying, the doctor said, Michelle, he's just gone. 
And then I left my mum and my sister talking on the phone to each other. And then I spoke to the doctor on my phone. She said, Michelle, I have sat with people dying before, but I have never felt love like I have just now as you were praying. I was weeping because of this amazing feeling. And not just me, but the nurse who was with me too. It was so beautiful. And she then said, I have never believed in God, but I definitely do now. Wow, what a story. In, in a story of pain and loss that's incredibly real and acute, another story of life and hope emerges. And who knows the impact, the possibility of that. Friends, as I close today, it might be tough right now. The scenario we're in might last a lot longer than any of us want it to. These present circumstances, they are our story, at least for a bit. But let me encourage us today. There are stories within the story. God is at work in the midst of this on a wider scale, bringing his glory in the earth. I have no doubt about that. But also there are stories to be written in us and there are stories to be written through us as he brings purpose out of pain, as he brings his providence, his fingerprints out of our promptings. And as he brings possibilities in people's lives as we proclaim Jesus. And I invite you where you are as we close this message to make yourself available to say, Lord, here I am. Maybe we've got so focused on the present story, we've missed that the author of life is writing other stories and is ready to do that. And I wonder if we can say, Lord, I'm here. In the midst of this story that maybe a story wouldn't have chosen. I don't think Philip would have chosen to go down to Samaria if he could have stayed in Jerusalem. But as he went, as he worked out the story as a servant of Christ, available to be used, God wrote other stories through him. And I know God wants to write stories within the story. And I wonder if you can open your heart with me. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the inspiration of Philip. Philip from Food Bank, who became Philip the Evangelist. And I pray, would you help us? Would you use us? Would you help us to take our eyes off the story alone that we are living out and living through and allow you to write other stories in our hearts, outworking purpose in us and through us to the world around us. We pray for a season of testimonies as Holy Spirit, you would bring your grace and your goodness to those around us as we are your servants and your people. Let your name be honoured, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.